0: Welcome to Kids Considered, where two pediatricians discuss children's health topics of interest to parents in a podcast with new subjects considered every episode. I'm Dr. Lena Rostein.
1: And I'm Dr. Dean Blumberg.
0: And we're both pediatricians at UC Davis Children's Hospital in Sacramento, California.
1: And that leads us to today's topic.
0: Hi, I'm the mom of a 14-year-old who's complaining that his friends get way more allowance than he does. I'm wondering what the going rate is for allowance these days and how you recommend that I teach him financial responsibility. I see him blowing his money at 7-Eleven on the first day he gets it. Thanks.
1: That's pretty common, Common, right? so common. Yeah. Oh, money. Yeah, I mean, how how do you decide about the allowance? And kids are always saying that, right? That their friends are getting more than them. And
0: you don't want to be like the cheap parent, uh, right. but you also don't want to be like unrealistic. So
1: Right, so this is really something that money, it's hard to talk about. Nobody really likes to talk about it.
0: But let's be honest, it plays a huge role in our lives.
1: Definitely. It's something that I wish I had gotten more education on throughout my life.
0: Same, totally. I feel like... So much of learning financial responsibility and money management is like, good luck. Learn as you go.
1: <laughs> but it doesn't have to be that way, right?
0: Right. There are so many amazing strategies and resources available to help prepare kids and teens for a more secure financial future. And really, the earlier, the better. It's never too early to begin teaching kids about money
1: okay so i'm guessing we're gonna be getting into some of these strategies today
0: you bet we are today's podcast is going to cover the topic of teaching kids and teens financial literacy
1: you bet we are so we're going to talk about gambling as a (laughs) no no, no. (laughs) okay so we'll be discussing allowances saving and spending credit and debit cards and early employment
0: it all sounds great so i want to start off with some statistics that can kind of frame the scope of the problem that we have.
1: Well, it's money, so we need to have numbers in there, We right? need to have
0: money numbers. So only 12% of kindergarten through 12th grade schools teach anything about personal finance. 11.5% of—this was in 2014 when they look at it—college graduates have loans in default. So that means that they're not able to pay back any of their loans. And that's over a trillion dollars. I don't even—I can't even— Conceptualize how much money that is. (laughs) Uh It's uh, a lot of money. In financial aid. And 44% of Americans don't have enough cash to cover a $400 emergency.
1: So that's scary and clearly a big problem. And there are likely factors that influence these numbers outside of the control of parents. But only 12% of children receive education and finance. I mean, this does seem like something that we could impact.
0: Definitely. So let's start by talking about ways that parents could incorporate this into their home routine. So this may be one of the generational gaps that we struggle with. Uh-huh. Um, so I'm curious what your view on allowance is and what age, how much, what do you think?
1: Well, I think they should get an allowance. They should get their own money. And yeah. when they know that it has value, yeah. right? So they can start making decisions to spend it or not. So I don't know how old children are for like eight or 10 or something. And the out. The amount, I don't know, 10 bucks? $5, $20? <laughs> I don't, I don't okay. really have don't any know. idea. So you I don't, don't know. know. I mean, no, I know.
0: a lot of families don't know. So mm-hmm. every family is going to do this a little bit differently. But many would actually recommend giving an allowance as soon as the child can count it and understand basically what the principle of money is. This is usually around six. Hmm,
1: six. That seems pretty young.
0: It may be young, but it's not too young to start learning about money.
1: Okay, but the amount is different depending on age, right?
0: Right. So one of the going recommendations is that the child should get their age in dollars per week.
1: So let me do the math here. So a six-year-old <laughs> would get $6 per week.
0: Oh, wow. Yeah, you are good at numbers, aren't you? <laughs> That's <laughs> thank, correct.
1: Thank you. And. What about um, tying chores to allowance these days? Are kids supposed to do chores in order to get allowance?
0: So this is sort of a highly debated area. So many, I think the majority would encourage that chores are viewed more as pulling your weight in the family that everyone does them and less tied to money or a monetary um, reward. So that a child should get their allowance weekly regardless of chores. Instead, you would take away privileges not doing chores.
1: Okay, so they're kind of independent things. So mm-hmm. Instead of saying you're not getting your allowance until you clean your room, you might say no Xbox or S- Xbox or Screen Time or other privilege until the.
0: You don't know what Xbox is.
1: Yeah, I know. It's the. Um, <laughs> it's the um, it's the games, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Okay. I mean, good. we We're, we used to call them video games, but, yeah, like, um, but now they're called like what electronic games or something.
0: Yeah, no, they're video games. Oh, they're so. still video games. Okay. So then, if kids want to earn extra money on top of their allowance, then sometimes parents will say that they can seek out additional chores, almost like a under the table work or job. So like <laughs> uh-huh. washing the car or cleaning. My parents would always have me clean the windows, like the helm windows. Uh huh. Were you good extra at that? Money. I don't, they probably ended up looking worse than they did before, but (laughs) Uh yeah.
1: So it sounds like we agree that allowance is a good thing and shouldn't necessarily be tied to chores, and that really as early as six years old is an appropriate age to start giving an allowance. What are the next steps in teaching your child about financial responsibility?
0: So you can take your kid to set up a savings account. This is usually appropriate around age nine. And some parents may choose to match their kid's savings one-to-one. So if the kid puts in $10, the parent puts in $10. This really stresses the importance of saving, and it's a good time to talk to your kids about this concept of saving money and why it's important and how it helps you get what you want.
1: So the match is interesting because many parents depending on their job there many some employers actually match their retirement contributions.
0: Right and that's a good the teaching opportunity right. so they could set it up at that point.
1: And I just want to be clear on this. You mean go to a bank like an actual physical bank to open an account.
0: Yeah. I mean you, or know, you talking, could do it online now probably. Or online. Okay. I just, yeah, uh, yeah. just want to be but clear. I mean about going that. to the bank is also a learning opportunity for the for the kid. So okay. it just either one would be fine.
1: Okay. So if a 10-year-old wants a bicycle that costs $100, um, you can discuss that he or she saves her allowance for 10 weeks, right? 10 times $10 or two and a half months, and then they'll have enough to buy it. So it's good to have a goal in mind.
0: Right. And this relates to another good point, which is, as much as possible, parents should try not to interfere with their kids' money-making decisions.
1: Oh, that's hard. Yeah.
0: yeah. So this is not to say that you should hold back from giving them advice. You should teach them how to be a smart consumer by showing them how to do online research for price comparisons, teach them about quality and how not to fall victim to false advertising. But- When your kid has made up their mind that they want something, even if you know they'll regret it, it's a bad idea, let them learn it for themselves. It's all part of the process.
1: So that does sound pretty challenging. (laughs) So, like, you can see them wanting to buy something that's just, like, the price is so low, you know that it's, like, really crappy, right? And it's going to, like, break. But you allow them to buy it if that's what they want to do, right? Right. Yeah. So it's probably easier said than done. Um, The next stage in learning to manage your money would be to open a checking account and get a debit card.
0: Right. And most people would recommend doing this in the early preteen to teen years.
1: So now instead of physical cash, you're transferring their allowance into their account weekly or monthly. And this is an important step because it teaches them a new way of managing money. And let's be honest, no one is using cash anymore. And this way a kid can monitor their spending and savings online or on their phone. And it helps them develop greater responsibility how to budget.
0: Definitely. And how about credit cards? Mm-hmm. I always thought this would be a strict no go with teens because of the huge implications your credit can have down the line. Mm-hmm. But like you wouldn't even think they would even be able to get approved mm-hmm. because I got my first credit card, I think, in college, and I think it had like a $300 limit or something. It was like (laughs) Uh nothing because I had no credit. But Uh some kids are getting credit cards. Uh
1: Uh-huh. Yeah. So a recent article in the New York Times advised giving teens a credit card under supervision. So this would provide an opportunity to teach about credit, how your credit score follows you for life, and how you should never buy on credit unless you're able to pay it back in full. So you don't want to run a balance, Mm -hmm. right? So a credit card for a minor will have to be linked to their parents or they're going to have to, the parent will have to co sign. So it's important to remember that your credit as an adult is on the hook for what they spend.
0: Yeah, so establishing credit earlier in life could help them qualify for better interest rates or opportunities down the line at an earlier age. But it's important to note that some credit companies don't allow users to even start building credit until they're 18. So if this is something that would be a consideration for you, it's important to ask the bank if that is factoring into your decision.
1: How often are teens using plastic? Um, you know, I think that's a question people have. So right. Junior Achievement USA is a nonprofit that works to promote skills of work readiness, entrepreneurship, and financial literacy. And they published a survey of a 1,000 teens that found that while they most often received cash as an allowance, two-thirds said they had a bank account. And a little under a third of those respondents also had a credit card.
0: Wow, yeah. So a third is… A significant number Mm -hmm. still. Mm -hmm. So how about learning to budget? This is very tricky, even for adults. Absolutely.
1: It's recommended that adults in the home start using a budget to model for their kids how to manage money. So most adults will say they have a budget, but in reality, all they have is like a list of bills and obligations. And at the end of the month, like, you know, they hope that they match up, right? (laughs) So. Taking the time to list out your family's expenses and track actual spending and set aside savings before spending is ideal.
0: Right. So, imagine you're sending your kid off to college without understanding how much a gallon of milk or a loaf of bread costs. Well, this is actually the reality for many young adults. So, take your kids to the store with you, or hey, once they have their driver's license, send them to the store with Mm -hmm. a fixed amount of money and then they can never complain about the groceries you have in the house. Right,
1: because they're, they're They're doing the grocery <laughs>
0: shopping. So I think that is a great idea.
1: Right. And having kids track your spending, you might even find a few more ways to save money and set them up for a lifetime of success.
0: Totally. They're all great ideas. Um, I need to go home and lay out my budget and put uh-huh. away my savings. So let's talk about employment. First jobs. I'm curious what your first job was.
1: Well, I don't know if this counts, but I think... Think it was weeding the backyard, and it seemed like a good way to earn extra cash. Um, but I remember getting bored after about five minutes because time just moved so slow when you're weeding. I'm guessing your
0: parents paid you for that.
1: Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So
0: how much do you think it was?
1: I don't know. It was a, it was a lot of money. Otherwise, I wouldn't do it. So it was probably <laughs> like at least twenty-five cents an hour. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Mine I was always a kid having lemonade stands and washing cars for money on the block but my first real job where like I took home like an actual paycheck I mm-hmm. was 15 it was summer and I worked as a pet groomer washing dogs. Uh-huh. Um, and I made $12 an hour, which actually at that time was way more than the minimum wage. And that is the minimum wage now in California. But it was really fun. I have uh-huh. a lot of fond memories.
1: huh. And you like animals, so I love animals. So that's perfect. Yes. Yeah. So early employment can teach kids a lot. Time management, interpersonal skills, independence, responsibility.
0: Many kids will start with what we call informal work, which is what Dr. Dean talked about. Weeding the backyard, babysitting, mowing the neighbor lawn shoveling snow not an option here in california well in the mountains <laughs> yeah, yeah. that's true <laughs> yeah. um, as preteens um, and then usually this is associated with being paid what we called under the table like an envelope of cash
1: mm-hmm. so once you hit 14 here in california you can hold a job with some stipulations a minor between the ages of 14 and 18 can apply for a work permit
0: Right, and usually these are provided by their school and will only be given if the student's in good academic standing, is enrolled full-time, and doesn't have any truancies or missed days of school.
1: So once a work permit permit is granted, then 16- to 17-year-olds may work four hours on school days and eight hours on non-school days. 14- to 15-year-olds may work three hours per day, not to exceed 18 hours per week while school is in session, or eight hours a day when school is not in session, not to exceed 40 hours a week.
0: So like full-time if they're on summer break would right. be okay. Mm-hmm. So is working good for teenagers?
1: So the vast majority of parents and teens seem to be in agreement about the value of employment during the adolescent years, and a job can help develop one's financial literacy, learning to file taxes, budget until payday, and other benefits.
0: Right. Work experience should be considered within the context of your individual adolescence goals. If the objective is to go to university straight from high school, your teen might benefit from having a steady job in the summer, but one that's limited to just 20 hours or fewer per week during the school year. Mm -hmm. If the goal is to get a full-ride volleyball scholarship, then maybe the sports practice replaces work during the season, but they can have a part-time job during other times. Mm -hmm teens should be encouraged to cut back on employment if it's crowding out other vitally important activities for adolescent development, like sports, extracurriculars, developing friendships, time with family, or if their grades are suffering as a result.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And balance is important. Mm -hmm. So these are all great points. So we have discussed allowances, working, setting up savings and checking accounts. What's next? Teaching your kid the stock market? (laughs)
0: I sense that was a joke, but it's actually not a bad idea. Many adults, including myself, might feel totally incapable of teaching their kids such a thing. But there are some great kid-friendly financial literacy resources and games, which we'll post on our website.
1: And I glanced at those. They're they're pretty cool.
0: They are. One example Uh is Warren Buffett, who I think many of us know him, um, one of the richest men in the world.
1: The Oracle of Omaha.
0: (laughs) Yes, exactly. He has this thing called the Secret Millionaires Club. It's an animated series that... Features him as a mentor to a group of entrepreneurial kids, and they go on adventures and learn about finances and business problems and solve them. I actually learned some stuff from it myself.
1: So I remember being taught about the stock market as a young teen by my father, and he recommended that I pick a stock that I liked in a business that I understood. And then to do some research on it and then to follow it for a while before buying. Like like a kind of kind of like a game where you like bought you pretended to buy it at a certain price. Right. And then like you'd see if you were right or not. Right. And it was it was fun.
0: Yeah, that sounds like a lot of fun.
1: Yeah. Now with all this talk of money and saving, I think we're missing discussing one important thing. Mm Mm-hmm. So what about um, donating money and supporting causes or organizations that you care about? Because we hope that people would have enough money that they could devote part um, part of their income to donations and obviously be involved in their community in this way.
0: Wow, I'm really glad you brought that up. Because while teaching your kids about financial responsibility, it's a great time to talk to them about charitable giving as well. One idea is to divide money up into save, spend, and give categories, and then sit down with your family and come up with an organization that you want to support. Mm -hmm. So do you guys have an organization that you tend to support?
1: We support Oxfam, and that addresses global poverty. And we also like to help causes close to home. So um, we donate to our local wildlife rescue organization, and that helps, like, heal and release injured birds and other animals.
0: Yeah, I always remember bringing the UNICEF halloween box around with me while Mm trick-or-treating um and i checked you can still order one of these online it's timely at the time that we are recording this which is in september every year for christmas my grandparents would always give us a present from the heifer project which Mm -hmm. is something like we we gifted you donating a cow to a village Mm -hmm. um and while at the time i was like I much rather would have had an American Girl doll or something like that. <laughs> uh-huh. um, it really made a huge impact on me. And now I love, like, thinking about other people and choosing what organizations I would like to donate to on their behalf. Mm-hmm. And it can really actually have a big impact on kids doing this kind of stuff.
1: And that reminds me of a joke.
0: All right, let's hear it.
1: Okay, where does a penguin keep its money?
0: Uh, I don't know.
1: In a snowbank. bank. <laughs> <laughs> And with that, we wrap up this episode of Kids Considered. Finance is a huge topic and one that can feel overwhelming for parents and teachers alike. But we hope our discussion today gave you a few more tools to prepare your kids for our life-juggling financial questions.
0: We discussed the importance of teaching kids about money, the earlier the better,
1: That allowances starting as early as six years of age are a good way to teach your kids to budget and save.
0: And that opening a savings account by nine and a checking account in the early teen years is also recommended.
1: Some families may consider adding their teen to their credit card, but this is an individual decision.
0: And working as a teen can help bolster financial independence and responsibility, all while learning other skills that will benefit them for a lifetime.
1: But work shouldn't take away from other vitally important activities for adolescent development.
0: And finally, while teaching your kids about financial responsibility, it's also great to teach them about charitable giving and coming up with organizations that you as a family want to support together.
1: We would like to thank Valerie Hash, an education manager at Junior Achievement San Diego for reviewing today's episode, although Dr. Lena and I take complete responsibility for any errors or misinformation.
0: So, what did you feel like was the most helpful thing you learned about money growing up?
1: Well, I think there are two things. One is the stock market was fun and i I did research stocks yeah. and and I remember as um in my teen years i did I did have money that I could actually buy stocks and i did was rewarding because they did well. <laughs> so you're
0: still reaping the benefits?
1: Well, I sold them, you know, when for, for, you know, for education, needed yeah. to like sell those stocks to pay tuition, right? Yeah, but it's
0: still like good that you were able to even do that.
1: Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. It, it felt good. I guess the other thing that was useful growing up was, was as you mentioned, the grocery shopping. Mm-hmm. So, we used to do the grocery shopping for part-time for the family, um, and my sister and I would go to the store, and we'd learn how much stuff would cost. And back then, it would be, um, you know, $100 in grocery and, and no meat, right? Because, like, <laughs> meat was the expensive thing. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, totally. I think that um, mine was always just, like, living within your means and not mm-hmm. buying um Or even living below your means. And so my parents definitely tried to teach us how to save. And that was, you know, by saving for things that you really wanted. So when I was a kid, it was... It was different, but now it's like things like travel and those bigger items and by cutting back on the daily Starbucks Mm -hmm. or the we never buy coffee out Mm
1: -hmm. and we
0: try and cook at home and do things like that so that we can put our money where we really want to, which is travel and the house and things like that. So I think that all of those I really learned from my parents growing up.
1: And that's really the advantage, of what you mentioned, the advantage of budgeting, because people may not even know that they're spending $5 a day on a latte or something. And, you know, $5 a day is 25 bucks a week, and that's going to add up, right? Totally.
0: That's your plane ticket in a few months.
1: Uh-huh. Right. So. That wraps up this episode of Kids Considered.